Our text today comes from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. And as you know, we are in right in the middle of our series now on spiritual disciplines for the growing Christian. Okay, meaning if you want to grow as a Christian, if you if you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and uh, if you take that even remotely seriously, even a little bit seriously, uh, and I, I believe that you are because you're here this morning. I mean, um, and I'm going to talk about this, but uh, just the fact that you are here at church on Sunday mornings, um, you, that means that you take it seriously enough to be here, to make time, to make certain adjustments in your schedule, and to set aside this time for the service. And so we... Um, uh, uh, we are going through this series because we need to be growing as Christians. We need to be learning more about God and we need to be implementing that, applying the knowledge of God into our lives for this life so that we are living a life that we're supposed to be living, fulfilling the callings that we have received. And so we've been going over different disciplines, prayer, praise, uh, reading the Bible. We talked about that last week. Um, and uh, those were the three foundational disciplines, I said, uh, that all the other disciplines are built upon. Um, and, and so we're now going into the other disciplines, uh, just as essential, okay? Uh, but like I said, prayer, worship, praise, and reading of the Bible, uh, this is absolutely uh, foundational. You need to get this down. You need to get working on these. Um, and then the other things, uh, hopefully you'll be able to build on, on those. And today we're going to the uh, next discipline that I want to talk to everybody about is, which is uh, corporate worship. And some of you may have thought, oh, that's not a discipline. Um, well, I'm telling you, it is. It's a very important dis spiritual discipline at that. So that's what we want to look at, and today's text in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25 will help us to understand why this is an important discipline and why we need to be practicing this uh, with seriousness, that we don't just take it lightly. Just the other day, I was having lunch with uh, some people that I know, uh, my former co-workers, and uh, you know, we're of the... Uh, older age right we're not like i'm not in my 20s i feel like it I'm, i don't know how many of you feel like you're still in your 20s except for the who, people who might be in their 20s still um you know uh, i i feel like i'm still in my 20s but my body tells me every time i get up from the bed or even from the chair my body tells me no you're not in your 20s <laughs> you know um and uh, i make certain noises when i sit down and anyway so we're 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 of this age group and even older and we're talking and somehow it came up uh, about the, uh, the the topic of the internet and, and cell phones and things like that and can you believe that iPhone hasn't even been out for 10 years it's only been 8 years since iPhone came out I mean completely changed the world right but it's only been 8 years can you imagine what life was like I mean do you remember what it was like before smartphones came along vaguely okay <laughs> um, but we're talking and I actually remember the first time I learned how to use email in college you know I got to college and they were like you got to learn how to use email this is like this new thing and you got to get online you know and uh, I remember I remember first time going online there were no pictures online it was all text you know this whole graphics user it was a new thing it's it's you know um, so we're talking about all of this and how things have changed and all these things have uh, really changed our lives right and we're constantly trying to adapt to these changes I remember showing my my eldest child um, my film camera because I love film cameras I, you know uh, and uh, this, the first thing she did was just look to the back of the camera why 
to look at the screen, right? But obviously it's not there. And she's like, she couldn't understand how to use this thing, you know, how it works. And uh, it, we've, I, I, I know, like, I've gone through these changes and I, I, my life has changed as a result of a lot of these technological advances in our life. Now, we live through changes, you know, and uh, a lot of these changes, sometimes they make our lives more convenient and sometimes they change our lives completely and sometimes they even change our worldview. Some of these changes change uh, essentially how we interact with other people and how we value other people or we don't value other people. Right, and a lot of, uh, if you look at the history of, of the world, you know, there are changes that bring differences in daily lives, but it doesn't really change the core of who people are or the worldview, how they live in their life. And then there are changes that are so massive that it actually changes who people are, how they see the world, how they value other people. And uh, I, I believe we're living through some of these changes right now that are going to fundamentally change how we view other people, how we live our life, and with what kind of values we live. And one of these changes, you may think it's not a major change, but I think it's a major change uh, that's happening, especially in the United States of America. Um, and that is having to do with church and Obviously, there's a lot of things happening with religion right now in the, in the world, and especially in our country, but particularly with, uh, uh, with church attendance, okay? And I realize all of you are here, so you are probably the last group of people who need to uh, hear this message, uh, but uh, all the while, it's uh, very important that we understand what's happening and we understand why we participate in corporate worship because nationwide, church attendance has been on major decline, I mean, major decline. Just in few years, in a decade or so, it has gone down. About, it has been cut down over fifty percent. You know, so uh, it's a major decline in church attendance. It's unbelievable. I mean, so you know, you, you look at our church, and and uh, and yeah, I would love to have these seats filled. At the same time, I know that it's not just here either. You look at other churches, and everywhere, uh, the, the church attendance is, is on a decline. Uh, people are not going to church. And now you can break this uh, statistic down, because statistics are, whenever you cite numbers and things, it's, it, it, you got to be careful, right? Um, so there are a lot of specifics that we can look at that may alter the, uh, uh, how we interpret uh, the numbers. But on the whole, the church attendance is, is on a major decline. Um, and I, I know for a fact that it's not just here either. A lot of the previously strong Christian nations, this is what's happening. Um, um, and um, I, and I, I, I had to think a lot about, well, why is it so different? Even when I was young, uh, I don't recall the church attendance decline. I remember it was on the incline. But why is this happening right now? Why are all these things happening? And there's, there are a number of reasons why I think you could all probably just give me right now as well. People, the reason why people go to church less and less. And I'm not only talking about, and these numbers aren't only addressing the people who actually completely leave the church. We're talking about people who say they're Christians, who, they're, who say who, who they, they, they pray, they read the Bible, they are committed Christians, but for whatever reason, going to church every Sunday is, 
is not a thing. It's every other Sunday, maybe if they go once a month, or if they go a few weeks in a row, they feel like they need a break from the church, okay? This is, these are the, uh, this is a mentality that I'm not used to when I was younger, you know, but it's increasingly we're having to deal with this type of a situation. And the, Uh, there's a lot of different reasons why the previous generation, and even when I was younger, uh, had a different uh, mentality towards uh, church attendance, uh, going to corporate worship, you know, gathering of believers, um, and, and how, why people don't feel like that is something that is as necessary right now. And I think there's several reasons why. One is just culture shift. Just generally speaking, people in the culture, in our, in our, in our world today, in our country today, they, um, uh, you know, uh, people have sort of moved on from um, the, the traditional, um, you know, Sunday you go to church. You know, I mean, right, I mean, just even me, like I'm wearing Birkenstocks with no socks, you know, but before Sundays, what do you do? Right? I, I see Ted grabbing donuts right now, walking. No, no, no. I, I, know, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not pointing you out in a negative way. But I'm just highlighting. I'm illustrating. Right? Something like that. And we have no problem. I see Mike. Mike just reminded Mike to go get some more donuts too. So he's, he's getting up and getting coffee and donuts. Um, see, um, before, when I was younger, it's like Sunday, you get your Sunday best. And you go to church and you don't want to get there late because you don't want to walk in late because everybody's going to be like, well, actually, they'll close the doors, right? So you have to go to the overflow room. Um, and, uh, you know, you don't want to walk in with no tie. Uh, you don't want to, I mean, forget the lay people. I mean, as a pastor, I'm wearing jeans and I'm just, you know, I'm just standing here with Birkenstock just kind of pacing back and forth uh, with no pulpit. Right, you need to have a wooden pulpit, and and there is all the. And, but we've kind of moved past all from you know past from that, right? It's okay to have a be holding a Starbucks tumbler in the, during a service. You know, it's okay to be um, uh, looking into your smartphone. Hopefully, you're looking at the Bible verses, right? Um, but you know, like we're just assuming. Oh, I also know that a lot of people fact check during messages. Before pastors would give away certain statistics and, and you know stories or news article that they said they read or a story they heard somewhere, nowadays you could get away with it. Nowadays, as soon as you say something, people are going on their Google, you know, on their phones and saying, you know, is this right? And then they'll call pastors out like, you didn't fact check this, you know, pastor before you shared this with us. Um, so I do fact check. So I'm not afraid if you guys fact check whatever I, <laughs> I, I talk about. Um, but yeah, don't go online while you're in service. I'm not encouraging that behavior at all, okay? Um, but it's, it's different. We have a much more casual attitude toward because we value authenticity. We value not necessarily the form, but we value the content. You know, who cares if the pastor's wearing shorts and a t-shirt while preaching? As long as he's genuine, as long as you can connect with them, as long as the message is solid and biblical, theologically sound, right? It's okay. It's fine. We don't have to worry about this, you know, all this and but, you know, not just that, but just even going to church. Well, you know, we have all these messages online. We have, I could download or I could go on YouTube and put on a playlist of worship music. And, you know, I could just do it that way. I could, I could listen to messages whenever um, I feel like. Um, and uh, uh, I don't really need to go to church. Once in a while, I can go. It's okay. It's still nice to go to church once in a while. Um, and then, you know, uh, even when I was in college, we used to say... Uh, uh, oh, he went to, if you don't see somebody at church that morning, oh, he went to uh, Pillow Creek Baptist Church today. You ever heard of that before? Pillow Creek Community Church? 
Pillow Creek Community Church, okay. Or, oh, no, 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 I heard he went to Bedside Baptist this morning. <laughs> Bedside Baptist? Okay, all right, okay. Um, and so, uh, where was I going with that? <laughs> but now it's like, it's okay, you know, people uh, feel like going to church on Sunday is, 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 is an optional thing as a Christian. It's okay that I don't go to church every Sunday. A lot of people feel that way. And then another reason is because this generation, I, I think we have more wealth. We have more options for entertainment. We, we, can, we, are, we have more access to traveling and going to different places. And we value family more. Um, not that the previous generation didn't value family, but I think we have different approach to how we spend, choose to spend time with our families. And a lot of times, weekends are the only times that happens, right? And so anyway, all these things are happening um, and, and are, and are contributing to why churches on decline client and before I go on just to just to be honest keep everybody honest in the church uh, churches have screwed up too churches have messed up in in many ways that have you know driven people away from the church as well right I mean, we we're talking about authenticity before but um, so many reasons why church attendance is down but I'm telling you this morning it, this is one of those changes that I talked about that you may think it's optional. It's a trend. It's okay. We don't have to go to church. You know, you could just meet with people at a coffee shop and just, that's it. That's good enough for this week for me. You know, I could just download a message from whoever and then listen to me. And that's, I do church like that. I do church at home. I do church in my car. That's fine. You know, I'm telling you, this change is not, uh, it's not one of those minor changes that uh, kind of make our lives more convenient, but it's okay. But I'm telling you, this change if it's kept up, if we kept going down on this decline of church attendance or participating in large corporate worship, if it keeps going down this way, it will fundamentally change who Christians are and how we understand who God is. And it will go into a negative direction of, of, of missing out on how we grow as, as believers of Jesus Christ, as disciples of Christ. It's not a fad. I hey, going to church once a month. It's, it's the, what everybody does, you know. It's a trend. It's okay. No, this is not a good trend. We could change how we do church, but large, uh, not large, a uh, corporate worship, participating in, in a worship, large gathering of fellow uh, worshipers together uh, on a regular basis. This is not an optional thing. It's not a trend uh, that should change with changing times. Okay, And so that's why we want to look at Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. And I'm actually going to read from the ESV version. I, we have the NIV up here. And I'm going to read from ESV because it's a little more clear in terms of how we are to understand this. And it says this, And let us consider how to stir up one another uh, to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I'm going to read that one more time. Okay, let me read the, the NIV version, and I'll show you what the difference is. And let us consider, this is NIV, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, period. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. That's NIV. So it's two separate verses. There is a period, okay? Um, uh, but in ESV, oh, this is, is this the new NIV version? This is different. Um, 
ESV or this one, is, it's all one instruction. It's not two separate. And let us consider how to stir one another, to stir up one another to love and good works, comma, not neglecting. It's part of the first instruction. It's continuing. Not neglecting to meet together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Okay? I'm going to just go down through these verses uh, quickly and then we'll see what, why it's important that we keep up with uh, uh, Sunday worship and, and, and participating in corporate worship with other uh, believers. These instructions, these two verses come uh, right after the author of Hebrews talks about the people of God being redeemed uh, in, by the blood of Jesus Christ. And, and, and through uh, that redemption, through salvation, we are able to approach uh, God and uh, we, we, um, we have this salvation, we have new hope, we have new identity, right? And then he begins to give these exhortations, these instructions to the readers. And so this isn't just to one specific, very isolated group of people, but these instructions are for all people of God, all people who identify themselves as disciples of Jesus Christ. If you say that you believe in Jesus Christ, if you say that you are a follower of Christ, then these instructions apply to you. This isn't just for men. This isn't just for women. This isn't just for children. This isn't just for uh, the pastors or, or deacons or elders, whatever. This is for all people of God. And he says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. And let's just start right there. Okay? Um, and I will we will we'll continue to go a little deeper and deeper as we look through the look um, uh, at the verses. He begins by saying, "Let us consider how to stir up one another." Now, this stir up, uh, this this expression, right? Stir up. This is a very strong expression. This is um, uh, it's not a uh, it's not a friendly expression. It's not, hey, let us encourage one another. It's not that. Uh, this stir up, uh, this is almost like uh, irritate, okay? It's like you're making someone feel uncomfortable, okay? And the author says, let us uh, stir up one another, okay? Uh, uh, irritate others. See, what, is, what does this mean? First of all, it means that we as Christians, we are, this is talking about the people in the church, okay? Not Christians and non-Christians, okay? Let us stir up, let's irritate, let's provoke each other, okay? Let's provoke each other. Now, I understand that we live in a very, very politically correct culture, uh, probably more than ever before, right? We are in this hyper-politically uh, uh, correct cult culture and uh, uh, and uh, I remember reading uh, in college this a uh, politically correct bedtime story. Did, you, uh, did anybody read that? Uh, it was a short book. Uh, it was it was really it was popular for a while. A politically correct bedtime story and basically they went through the author went through all these fairy tales and made them all politically correct, which is hilarious actually. If you read through it, you should go find it. It's it's really funny, but um. Um, we are, even from then and, and now, we're in this uh, uh, culture where everything you say, you have to be extra sensitive. Like nobody can offend anybody else. And nobody, you have to, whether you're at work or even at home, right? Because kids come home and like, how can you say that, dad or mom? or You know, and we, we are in this, and I mean, not, forget the church and the world or forget the religion, relationship between religion and the non-religious uh, 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 segment of the society. It's everything has to be completely uh, devoid of anything. You have to be stripped of anything that might be even a, even a little bit offensive to anybody, 
right? How we refer to other people, how we talk about certain ideas um, and, and, and just the situations. It is just, uh, it's that kind of world that we're living in right now, right? Well, I think within the church as well, because we are people of the culture, we live in this culture, church is also become, has become a very politically correct place, right? Um, within the church, we are very careful not to offend other people, and we should be. You shouldn't, you shouldn't outright you know, start you know, judging people and, and making comments that will hurt people. And, uh, uh, you know, but it says here in the text that we are to stir up one another. We're to provoke one another. It means that we're not just to, uh, you're not, we're not at church just to sit pretty or just to, uh, uh, just to present a false front or just to uh, kind of put up with whatever we can put up with. And that's not the purpose of the church. We are in the church to grow together. And by growing, you, you know, there has to be a kind of a, a prodding going on, a kind, a kind of a, um, uh, somebody saying, hey, brother, I, this is really tough for me to say, but I don't think that's how you should be living your life right now. Hey, sister, I'm not, you know, I love you, and, uh, but I, I don't think that's the Christian way. I don't think that's biblical, though, how you're handling this thing right now. Okay, and, and I'm not talking about just being judgmental. That's not what I'm talking about, okay? Stirring up one another because, look what it says. Stir up one another, what? What does it say after in that verse? to love and good works okay um actually before i even get there one another i want to pause for a moment there stir up one another you've all heard the phrase christianity is not a religion but a what relationship okay not a religion but a relationship okay and and most often when i hear this phrase and when i say that phrase i immediately think of what relationship with God. Okay, it's not a religion where there is an, uh, you know, uh, uh, I have some, some sort, sort of a, 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 a idol-worshipping relationship, okay, and I give something and I receive something. It's almost a transaction, really, um, and, but it's not that, but it's a relationship that I have with God. But another aspect of this uh, Christianity uh, as relationship is that we have, we're in a relationship with others. We're in relationship with one another. So stir up one another, that we are created in the image of God and that, that, that this relational aspect is built into who we are, into our being. That if we lack this element of connecting with other people, then it becomes, uh, we're missing out on something. We're missing out on something. Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't know if I should even mention this, but I had a you know, conversation with the uh, um, uh, uh, somebody about you know and because i was talking about this with a member and uh, um and we were talking about um autism right and uh, i i and I, I was sharing how we are created in the image of god meaning that we are to be in a relationship with other people and most people know that autism you know uh, there is uh, uh People talk about how the, the per people who are autistic have limited ability to empathize with other people, right? And so th that's, you know, then what does that mean? Like, by design, are they not able to participate in the image of God, becoming more like Christ? And I really wrestled with this. I really struggled with this. And I was reading through different things this week. And you know what I found? And uh, uh, a really interesting article, um, uh, it's, and it's a really recent article. And, and it says that, you know, people commonly uh, think that 
uh, people with autism cannot empathize, cannot understand how, what other people are feeling, and, and as a result, they're, they're not able to you know, uh, be a, uh, really engaged in this uh, relationship that they, hopefully they'll be able to have. Um, but according to the latest research, you know, what, what it is is actually it's the complete opposite. You know, the, the reason why it's so difficult is, is that uh, people who have autism, they, it's, it's a hyper-empathy. As soon as they walk into a room, they are able to feel what people are feeling in the room more than what, quote, normal people are able to feel. So this is completely different from how people understood before uh, how autism works. And so, you know, what I realized reading, uh, there's a lot more, and I'm not an expert in this field, so I'm I'm not going to, you know, go into it. But what I... It, it just reinforced my understanding of the biblical uh, uh, idea of our, our, our being, the design of who we are, is that, you know, uh, that we are created in the image of God, meaning that we are to be in a relationship with others. And, and, and I, I read this article, and it's like, it's, it's not that they are, by nature, not able to feel what other people are feeling or empathize, but they're able to, I mean, in some ways, it's, it's amazing the, 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 to the degree that they're able to feel what other people are feeling when they walk into a room. And, and I think there's something there that we need to explore, um, even as, Christ, as Christians. And so, uh, but that we are created to be in relationship. We're created to connect with others. We are created to be in this relationship with other people. I mean, obviously with God, but with others as well. And Christianity is, is a place where that needs to happen. And, and, and we are, uh, and this happens in what? In a community, in a community, right? Um, and so we are to stir up one another in community to love and good works and to do good works it's a community with purpose we don't just come just for the sake of coming together we are coming together to do good works we're coming together to love it's a community with purpose uh, we 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 forget this we ephesians 2 8 9 says this, we are saved by grace to do good works, for good works. We're saved for good works. A lot of people uh, get stuck, stop. They pause right after we're saved by the grace of God. And hey, hallelujah, we're done. No, right after they goes on to say, for good works. You were created to do something. You were created for good works. You were made with a purpose. And we are saved to a purpose. So it's a community with purpose. Why is this important? Why is this imp- uh, so important? Because when you come together, I don't know if you notice, um, in many, many churches, if they're so good at gathering, they're so good at fellowshipping, they're so good at coming together, but there isn't much love or good works. So they're great on their own as their group, but if there is no good works, if there is no outward um, uh, application of what they're receiving from this fellowship and from their relationship with God, that church is as good as dead. And, and I don't know if you realize this, churches that don't do good work, churches then, uh, that are not um, uh, exercising their faith uh, outside of their community, 
there begins to be a, a, a rise, a sense of uneasiness in the community. You may not know why that is. You may not realize, you know, what, you know why do we feel so dry or dead or whatever, you know, but uh, if, if there isn't an outlet, if there, you're not exercising love and good works, then that community no longer ceases to exist for the purpose that it was created to exist for. We're not coming together just to be happy here in this little room or even when you're meeting in small groups. You know, this is not, we are coming together for a, a clear sense of purpose. Why do we give offering? Why do we sponsor missionaries, uh, you know, all over the world? Why, why did I go down to Mexico a couple weeks ago so, to figure out how our church can be involved with something like that? Why are we looking for opportunities in this area uh, for, so for our church to get involved? Because if we get lazy, you may have a sense of uneasiness in the beginning, but it begins to begins to die down and begins to get calloused and then you just kind of start coasting in this uh, 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 shelter, a uh, uh, castle uh, where you come together and with other fellow believers and you're just there but you're not growing. So it's a community that's supposed to grow uh, by exercising love and doing good works. And how does all of this happen? How does all of this happen? He goes on to say in verse 25, it's a continuation with a comma, not neglecting to come together, not neglecting to come together. In Message Bible, in the Message Bible by Eugene Peterson, he says this verse 25, not avoiding worshiping together as some do. Not neglecting to come together, not avoiding worshiping together. Coming together to worship together in a group, as a, in a corporate body of Christ, is an essential part of a Christian growth. It's not an option. It's not something you do if you feel like it. If you are not participating in, in a body of believers that are worshiping together, then you're, you're not going to be growing I mean, that's guaranteed. It's a fundamental part of our growing in our relationship with God because we come together, and when we come together, what happens? I can't, it's really hard for me to stir myself up. It's, it's almost difficult and impossible for me to stir myself up. We talked about provoke myself, you know. But it's, it's I found out through being married you know, even when I don't ask for it, I get provoked. I get stirred, you know. And, and it, it's only, it only happens in that context when you're in relationship with another person. You know, we all have those friends, you know, that, that hopefully we have these friends that, that keep us honest, right, that stir us. Or hopefully you are that friend too when it comes time to it, that you're able to stir another person, Right? Um, well, all of that is supposed to happen in the church in the context of our faith. In the context of our faith, in our community, we're to stir up one another to love and to do good works. And so corporate worship, when we come together, when we're uh, singing together these songs of praise, and when, we're, uh, when you hear the word that is proclaimed, and when we're praying together, and when we're fellowshipping with each other, all of these things are happening so that we can stir each other up, stir one another up, to keep each other accountable, and so that we may grow to love and to do good 
works. And it says that some are in the habit of not, uh, not going to church. So what that tells me is that not going to church can very easily become a habit that you don't really think about. Just as much as going to church can become a habit, a good habit, not going to church can become a, a habit uh, without even thinking about it. And you don't really feel anything anymore. You don't realize that you're missing out on things anymore. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I never saw anyone. I never met or heard of anybody that grew spiritually by leaving the church. I don't know about you. If we're really honest about it, I, I'd, I've never heard of anybody or never met anyone. I don't know anyone personally that says, you know what, I think I'm going to leave the church or I'm going to cut down my time on going to church and I think that's going to help me to grow spiritually. You see, you'll see, you'll see, I'll prove you. I'm going to grow. I've never met anyone when I've met them after a year later or even six months later, even a month later, I felt like, or they came to me in confident, confidently and saying, wow, leaving the church was the best thing that ever happened to me for my faith. You know, skipping out on church or, or, or cutting down my time at going to church was the best thing that I was able to do for, for, for uh, improving uh, my relationship with God or helping me to understand more about God. Okay? I'm never... Um, there was somebody that I knew, it was a sister, um, and she was a very devout uh, believer, and she uh, uh, got involved with uh, kind of this hyper-spiritual, um, uh, hyper, um, I don't want to use the word hyper-charismatic, um, uh, but uh, very, um, it, it was a little dangerous uh, group of, 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 of um, they're not, <laughs> I would call it a cult, but kind of borderline, uh, but one day she came to me and said, you know, uh, Pastor Mike, um, I'm, I think God is calling me to uh, not go to church and just worship in my home um, and just uh, uh, worship with this another sister online through Skype, you know, um, every day, but not go to church um, just by myself and pray. And, and, uh, um, and I said, really? Are you sure that that's how God is uh, convicting you right now? Um, and yeah, I don't think I'm supposed to go to church. And I think I'm growing way more this way uh, uh, by doing this. Um, and I said, you know, I don't, first of all, I don't think that's biblical. And, but if you really feel strongly about this, I can't force you. I mean, that's, that's one thing that's really tough, right, to, to um, uh, dialogue with people who say, I heard directly from God this, this, this. Uh, it's really hard to argue with, with that, right? Because what do you say? Well, well. I heard from God that, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't, you know, uh, that's why I remember scripture last week, um, we, we have that, and the body together. Um, I said, well, if, you, if that's absolutely how you, you feel, then, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I can't force you, um, uh, but I, you, you should really be careful, and we'll be praying for you. Um, and she said, yeah, but I really feel like this is what I need to do. Um, what ends up happening a year later? She's doing this. She's just, every, every Sunday, she's just, at home, you know, uh, looking at the computer, worshiping, you know, um, and uh, after a year later, she, she, she finds me and she says, I should have listened to you then. If, if this is where she was spiritually a year ago, after saying that she needed to be alone, um, her spiritual condition was even more deteriorated. Okay. Um, and uh, I've never met anybody that... Um, 
benefited in their spiritual walk by leaving church or cutting down their church attendance. Um, and I don't, I don't like to say church attendance because that just makes it sound like you're going and you just get checked on a roll call. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about participating in corporate worship. Okay? Um, Now, this, this, this message isn't to give a guilt trip to people. That's not. Because I know that, you know, before we started here, we had, our family had six months of, uh, we left our, we resigned from our previous church, and then we had six months before we started here of not being committed to any one church. And so we said, this is great. We never had this chance before, so let's go visit different churches. Um, But, you know, you know, I was, you know, we were missionaries, and, and I, I'm a pastor. I was a pastor. I've been a Christian for a long time. Uh, my wife is a PK. Um, and, uh, but in, you know what, I, I, what happened during that six months, what I realized? Um, for me, some Sundays, it was a battle to go to church. You would think it would come easy. Uh, some Sundays, even uh, for a pastor's family, when we were, I didn't have a responsibility that Sunday morning. I didn't have a commitment. Um, even though I was excited that we were going to be visiting different churches um, all over the L.A. area. Um, come Sunday morning, first of all, Saturday night, you go to sleep way later. Because <laughs> like, I don't have to wake up to preach or I don't have to wake up to lead worship. or I, don't, you know, I just don't have that responsibility so so it's like two three in the morning you know like you're watching movies or just hanging out or whatever you know and then what happens it's like before the weekend you're like this sunday i'm gonna go to this church and their worship is at 9 30 yeah this like happening church right now let's go sunday morning you wake up at nine and you're like you know there's gotta be a church that's just as decent that meets at 11 o'clock <laughs> you know <laughs> you know and uh I'm, I'm just being honest. That's why I'm telling you this message isn't to give guilt trip to people, okay? And there are Sundays. I'm not encouraging this behavior, um, but as an ordained pastor, I'm like, you know what? That's my God-given right. Let's do service at home, <laughs> you know? Let's, we don't have to go to church. I'm a pastor. Let's do church right here. You know, I could do communion at home right now, you know? Um, and uh, oh, we didn't because my wife is... the stirring up, usually she's the one that's stirring me, you know, she's the one that's with the stick, you know, with the electricity, you know, and just like shocking me, you know, you can't do that, you know, uh, <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay, fine, kids, wash up, let's go to church, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, and Yeah, so I'm telling you, it's, I know that it's not easy. I know that it's not something that comes naturally. We talked about our prayer is not a natural, you know, behavior. Uh, but even going to church is not, it's not, especially in this culture, especially in this culture. I mean, there's so many things we can do Sunday mornings. I know that. I know that. But why do we insist on coming to church on Sunday mornings? There's so many other things that we could talk about, you know, the, the, the fact that this is our act of worship. But this morning, I only chose to focus on the things that we benefit by going to church. Because I want us to know that, you know, uh, if I just tell you, go to church because that's your act of worship. At least one day, can't you give that to God? How many of you ever heard that before, you know? But I want you to know that God doesn't need your worship. I don't know if that's what you've been thinking this whole time, um, but then, then I want you to realize that, oh, I'm sorry to break this to you, but God's pretty secure. Um, he's omnipresent. He's omnipotent, meaning all-powerful. He's omniscient. He knows all things. He doesn't need 
for us to be here, set up these chairs and sing these songs and, you know, uh, even for me to say these things. He doesn't need any of this. But we come together um, while there's an element of worship, thing that we give to God. I'm not talking about that today. When we come together, I'm saying that we come together because we as believers of Jesus Christ, this is an essential a crucial element through which we grow. Otherwise, you will not. You just will not. It's a fact. And so, as I close this morning, as with all the other messages in this series, practical uh, tips. If you agree, if you, at least in principle, if at least in, 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 in your, your, your mind or in your heart, that you as a Christian, as a, a disciple of Christ, that you agree that what the Bible says is true, that, that going to participate in corporate worship, going to uh, 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 church on, 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 on Sunday um, or whatever day uh, you, you, you happen to be belonging to, uh, but, but for our church, you know, on Sunday, worship, if you agree, if you can agree uh, that, yes, I, I see that that is a, a, a very important uh, essential part of my Christian walk, okay? Then, I know this is going to sound so ridiculous, you have to decide, just like with all the other disciplines, then you're going to have to decide, you're going to have to resolve that I'm going to go to church on a Sunday. That it's not an option. It's not something you decide on a weekly basis. This week, I will go. Next week, I'll see what happens, Okay? Do you understand the difference here? One thing is, you know, the, the, when you decide that, then, and it becomes part of your regular life routine. Remember, uh, I quoted somebody who said, uh, in the morning when I wake up, it's not a, whether to read the word and to pray, that's not something that I, I decide in the morning whether to do or not. It's, it's just, it's like eating breakfast. It's just part of my routine, okay? Going to church, you need to resolve. You need to decide that I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go to church. That's, that's not something that's optional for me, okay? I'm not saying, okay, uh, uh, like you're, uh, you can never go anywhere. That's not what I'm talking about, okay? Um, don't, don't, please don't take my words and, you know, make it uh, into something crazy. Um, but what I'm talking about is making it a priority in your life if you are a believer of Jesus Christ. That it's not other things and then you fit this in. But it's this and then you make adjustments when other things come up. That's what I'm talking about. You decide, make this a priority in your life. And if you are going to go to church, then commit, you know. Um, it's like going to a birthday party and you show up late and then you, uh, you have a gift. You just kind of like, you know, wrap it, just kind of, you know, half-hearted. And you're going, oh, and you just kind of throw it, there's your gift. You know, and you go, where's the cake? You know, um, and... Uh, Again, I'm not trying to give guilt trip because I am guilty of this too. It's everybody. We all deal with this. But if you're going to go to a birthday party and you're going to bring a gift, you're going to try to show up on time and you're going to give that gift to the person, right? Okay? If you're going to be in a relationship with somebody, you're going to don't have, you know, you're, gonna, you're not going to, you know, don't, you're going you're gonna to be committed. You decide that you're going to do this, then commit to it. Like I said, you're not, we're not doing God favors when we come to church. If you want the most that you can get from being a part of this community, commit, commit, commit to it. 
And I guarantee, I guarantee you will grow. You will grow. You will grow.